0: experienced in these blackouts, stretches of time that you can't account for. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Captain's Log, to another Lost Log. Today, we are, hopefully, uh, no, we are wrapping up our Ted the Cave for Creepypasta run. Um, Two housekeeping items, because I feel like we just have to mention them. One, if I peek at some point, I still have not fixed my microphone. It's unfixable, apparently.
1: Maybe peeking peaking for all you non audio nerds is when he gets too loud for the microphone.
0: And it goes Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing is Mason <laughs> <Nathan, laughs> in his infinite wisdom uh, got a tongue
1: piercing last night. Yep. And and it it's it's, mo- <laughs> it's mostly it's mostly fine. Uh, the two things is, I have a lisp, a little bit, obviously. And also, every once in a while, I can actually give a little ASMR here, you might hear it click against my teeth. So you might just get a little... Oh, that's so hot. Stop! Yeah! (laughs) So, enjoy that, everybody! And, remember, we are not professional podcasters.
0: We can be, if you send us a lot of money.
1: If you paid me more money, I wouldn't do things like get tongue piercings the, the night, night before, before recording. We record an episode. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, with that out of the way, let's dive back into it. Last time we left, Ted and B, they had invited their friend Joe, I believe was his name, to yeah. uh, investigate the mystery cave. And Ted, in his just doing his best life, hit his head immediately upon entering the, f- the tomb, had to sit it out. They sent Joe in alone. Joe came back, fucking scared because they never mentioned that there was some spooky shit going on in the cave. They dropped him off, Try to get a hold of him, and he has not responded to their calls. Hang on. Can you hear that little squeaking? <laughs> That's yeah. my dog. He's out in the hall in the living room, because now I've got a room, which is very nice. Uh, but I, I had Closed the door, but he came and opened it. So, because he's an asshole, <laughs> he has become more emboldened, guys. Since we got our new place, well, then let's dive into it, Mason. I've got okay. my little. I've, it, we're recording in the morning, so I've still got that little honey. It's one
1: fifteen. I guess you're in a different time. I've zone. still
0: got <laughs> that 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 honey honey glaze to my voice. That, that you do deep... sound good. Yeah. yeah. All
1: right. You do you do sound really good. <clears throat> if if it's a real juxtaposition. Uh what I got going <laughs> over over here? It's very good
0: all right well we're gonna we're gonna fucking kill this one. I'll just say that
1: yep all right. i can't I can't do the thing where I go on <sniffs> microphone. So no, I have to try to actually swallow
0: all right, so I'll start this one, Mason, and then, as just like the last one uh, couple ones, we'll be switching off on each uh journal entry, but again, it is the same person point of view. And this is in italicized, which means it's a reflection that was added to his journal later on. Hang on. Hey. Will you get the fuck out of there, please? Can you go? Cause I gotta record. You can be in here, but just be quiet. Okay. In this journal entry, I discussed briefly the feelings B and I had at this point. I would like to elaborate on those feelings and set the mood for this part of my journal.
1: I hope We've th- talked about this already, but there's an uncomfortable amount of sexual tension oh. between these two characters, yeah. and that was just purely in in canon of that. Yeah.
0: Um, I hope I can successfully <laughs> I hope I can successfully convey our exact thoughts and feelings as we contemplated our next move. If not, I'm afraid we will appear to the average reader as being ignorant, naive, and downright foolish. Let me tell you something, Ted. I am no longer the average reader. I have been reading this for a while, and you still appear ignorant, naive, or downright foolish to me.
1: Not once have I been like, this guy's in charge of this situation. He knows exactly what he's doing. Mm -hmm.
0: I think for me, one of the fucking peak points of that was when you willingly brought in your friend, quotations friend, to a possibly haunted or dangerous cave and just went, yeah, you can fuck around alone. We're not going to
1: tell you anything either. I bumped my head, it hurt, so...
0: <laughs> this cave represented to us the culmination of weeks of hard work, complete with an array of emotions, from fatigue to fear, anticipation to pain, from frusta- frustration to glory. To us, we were not standing on the brink of possible destruction, but rather honoring an unspoken commitment. Is this guy doing, like, a fucking wartime speech? What is happening <laughs>
1: It might be, it
0: might be. Ted is a politician. Mm. Much like a parent of- (gasps) Ted Cruz! Ted
1: Cruz! No! (laughs) That explains why he seems like a closeted homosexual dipshit.
0: Cuz, yeah. Much like a parent of a wayward child, we were not about to abandon our child out of fear of the unknown. Like it or not, this cave has become a part of us, and now we must see this adventure to its fruition.
1: Did he just refer to this cave as his child?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I don't, uh, buy,
1: I, don't, I don't buy that. I don't believe that. I don't
0: believe that. I don't like it. I don't gel with it.
1: You could just leave that cave at any time and never go back to it. Yeah. You can't do that to a child. I mean, you can, but I yeah. think it's different.
0: Yeah. Additionally, verbose explanations aside, we were being eaten alive with curiosity. Despite the overwhelming number of unexplained occurrences we experienced, we had to go back into this cave. What was making the rumbling noise? What caused the change in wind strength, etc., etc., all the way down to Joe? What could have possibly happened to him? What did he see or experience? We had many lengthy discussions about what our next move would be. We kept coming to the same conclusion. We had to return to the cave. We could offer no possible scenarios that would solve the many riddles held deep within the cave. The only way we could hope to complete the puzzle would be to conquer the cave. We're going back to Mystery Cave. Fucking in three sentences, he repeated the word cave so many times.
1: He is a good writer.
0: Oh boy, if Ted's not a good writer, then I don't know who is. And then this is a reflection. Two weeks after our trip with Joe and we were on our way back to the cave to prepare for this trip we contacted the local cave rescue group and got permission to borrow their low voltage two way phone the phone consists of two transceivers and a long spool of thin wire i would then I'm be sorry r-
1: the local cave rescue group yep it's just a thing that like he just said cave that, like, rescue everybody, group 895 man <laughs> i just he said that like everybody's like
0: you right, have obviously you don't know your local cave rescue team you're fucked you're fucked when you get stuck in a cave I'll tell you that much I saw a really funny video over the weekend on TikTok where it was these two guys and it was like we my cousin and I went cave uh caving and uh we forgot to uh we lost track of time and our family thought we were fucking dead and they tried to like set us set up a a rescue operation he's like meanwhile in the meantime this is what we were doing in the cave and it's like he's got the other guy on his shoulders and they're running through the fucking cave just doing fucking just fucking around while their mom is texting him like please honey answer like um, uh, so he says I would then be able to unwind the wire as I went into the passage and stay in contact with B the entire time. We also thought it would be a good idea to take a video camera into the new passage. Right now, what do you bet that the video camera is not going to work when he goes in the...
1: I'm 100% sure it's not going to work.
0: I purchased a case that would protect my video camera from dust as well as sharp rocks. I was more than willing to pay the cost of the case just to make sure B got to see the entire passage. Nice. My head was doing fine. I still had... This is back in the main journal. I still had a light red line to mark the spot where I tried to break the rock with my head. (laughs) Ted is nothing if not funny. (laughs) I never went to a doctor, but it was a very painful experience. I have thought about what would happen if I had been able to go into the passage with Joe. He was a changed man after he came out. I have been calling his house nearly every day trying to talk to him, but he won't answer his phone. B called his work. And a mutual friend told him that Joe called in sick two weeks ago and hasn't been in since. That probably means he lost his job then. I don't know any place that's like, yeah, take two weeks sick time, sure.
1: I love how these guys ruined this guy's life and are just like, why won't he talk to us?
0: What's up with this asshole? Yeah. He said Joe warned his boss he might be out for a while. I even stopped by his house twice. The first time it looked like someone was home, but no one answered the door. The second time his car was gone and there were no lights on. I hoped to talk to him before this trip, but it didn't work out. Also, I hate this shit in like, horror movies and in shit like this. where It's like, yeah, no matter how scared I am, though, I still have to go to work. You know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this the scary thing happened in the cave. How is it going to affect me at work?
1: The real, the real horror is capitalism. Capitalism. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: As we were rigging up the rope to descend into the cave, I felt something for the first time. I did not want to go into the cave. Okay. (laughs) Uh,
1: uh, Okay. But,
0: okay. It was not a feeling of foreboding. I was not receiving some premonition. I just had no desire to enter the underground world of Mystery Cave. Then don't. Then don't go.
1: Then don't do it. It's fine.
0: I didn't share this feeling with B at the time. Even though I had no desire to go into the cave, I knew we had to. So, I double-checked my gear and slipped over the edge of the cliff. Right from the beginning, it seemed like the cave did not want us to be there. Nothing went smoothly. Every time we tried to clip a carabiner or tie a knot or attach something to the rope, we had to do it two or three times to get it right. Fortunately, we recognized this and made sure everything was safe and secure. As we slowly made our way down, we were continuously bumping into the side of the cave or stumbling as we walked, or dropping things. We finally reached a point where we stopped together ourselves before continuing. Our load was relatively light, (laughs) but we were taking forever to get to the hole. Finally, we (laughs) met. Yeah, sometimes you you gotta warm up before you get in the hole, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you gotta touch around. Never mind. I was trying to figure out a way to make it not overtly sexual, but what I was going to say was just straight up, like, yeah. Sometimes
1: you just got to touch around, huh? I was going
0: to say touch around the entrance, but I was like, yeah, it's just sex. I'm just talking about sex.
1: (laughs) All right, well.
0: Finally, we made it. We checked the camera and phone to make sure they survived the trip. We tested everything, and I gathered the gear I wanted to take into the passage. Then it was time. We looked at each other, but said nothing. Then I turned to face the passage. As I twisted my body to begin entering the tomb, I desperately hoped it would be the last time I would contort my body to enter this claustrophobe's nightmare. The trip through Floyd's tomb went smoothly, figuratively speaking. After I got through, we took several minutes to get everything passed through to me. I got suited up and tested all the equipment. The phone worked like a charm, I videotaped the squeeze and then the first section of the new passage. Since I would be unable to tape while I crawled, my plan was to crawl to the next section and stop and film some more. I could video what I had just just been through and then video what I was going to crawl through next. That way I could get each section from both ends. I started to feel pretty good about the trip. I felt a sense of personal satisfaction at being able to provide a way for B to see the fruits of his labor. It was awkward lugging the camera and unrolling the phone while the phone wire while trying to crawl. You found like an idiot. <laughs> uh, I knew it would be worth it though. <laughs> the small formations were too small to show up on the video. With normal outside lighting it would be no problem, but with my headlight as the only source of light, the effort was futile. He actually wrote they effort, but we'll let it slide. The crystal formations turned out quite nice. They were easily large enough and made for some pretty good footage. I took advantage of the film stop to check the phone. It was comforting to hear someone's voice deep within the passage. You see, he? so he's saying he's shooting on film. I guess he would be. It's 2001.
1: Hmm. Well, what? Like a tape recorder? Or like a tape deck?
0: Maybe, yeah. Like, well, you know the old cameras that used to have the mini VHSs? Yeah, that's what I'm talking it's probably, about. Probably, yeah. Pick. I'm assuming that's what he's shooting on.
1: I feel like digital cameras were prevalent at that point.
0: <clears throat> Maybe, but I remember that, like, the first ones were on the big fucking SD cards, too. They weren't the small ones. They were, like, the big.
1: Well, it still wouldn't be or film. It, it, well, I
0: guess it was CD first, the mini CDs. And then, but yeah, you're right. It wouldn't be film, but uh, I guess he's shooting on film. Anyway, it was comforting. Uh, he's an, he's an auteur. He's a purist. a purist.
1: He's Quentin Tarantino yeah. of Haunted Caves.
0: It was comforting to hear someone's voice deep within the passage. We chatted briefly, then I unplugged the phone and prepared to continue. The phone resembled an oversized... God fucking damn it. I mm-hmm. hate no, this no, guy. No.
1: Say it. What did it say? What he's did it just, resemble? I
0: just hate that he has to fucking explain everything except the shit that we're interested in. Like, I want to hear <laughs> yeah, yeah. about the cave, and he's like, man, let me talk about this fucking phone.
1: Well, what it look like, though?
0: The phone resembled an oversized regular phone.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. That paid off.
0: More like the ones you would see in war movies.
1: Oh, we're still going. Okay, good. When on. I
0: wanted to talk to B, I would just plug the phone into a special jack on the spool of wire. The power source was on B's end of the phone, so it was always turned on. The reception was clear as a normal phone. I continued forward.
1: Yeah, so it was a phone that worked. Mm-hmm. Got it.
0: Yeah. Even though progress was slow, it was steady. Things were going pretty good until I reached the round rock. Once again, I got a strange feeling, just like the last time. I looked around carefully but saw nothing to be alarmed about. I proceeded to film the entire room. I got good shots of the round rock from all angles. I got the walls, ceiling, and floor to the best of my ability. I even got some pretty good tape of the figure... On the wall, it was difficult to make out exactly what was on the video, but you could definitely tell something was there. Nice. After I taped everything to my satisfaction, I moved toward the end of the room to prepare to explore new territory. My thing is, as a as a camera guy, right? And you can attest mm-hmm. to this as well. I hate. Also, a camera guy. I hate shit like this because I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> like, if you want no. to, you can get the good shot. Especially also, at this time, just fucking shine your flashlight on it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: At the far end of the large room was a passage that led to darkness. The entrance was about a foot lower than my head, and it looked like it continued at that height for as far back as I could see. I ducked under the ceiling and prepared to see new sights. The walls of the new passage were darker than the rest of the cave to this point. The floor was made up of some type of broken rocks. The ceiling had the same type of near-perfect arch as the old section of Mystery Cave. It almost seemed out of place in the jagged atmosphere of a cave. I could only see back about 30 feet or so where the passage appeared to make a right-hand turn. I thought this would be a good place to check in with B. B's just violently fucking masturbating on the other side. uh. You ever wanted to shoot a load deeper than Mother Gaia?
1: I'm impregnating Mother Earth. (laughs)
0: This just in, a half-rock, half-human has just emerged from Mystery Cave, unknown who the father is.
1: It's got a trash stash and (laughs) looks like a real degenerate piece of shit.
0: Oh, it's Mason's kid. It's
1: Mason's kid. It took a couple
0: of beeps before he answered the phone, but once he did, his voice was still crystal clear. It sounded like he might have been snoozing. The little Spongebob shit? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Had I been gone that long? He said I was. he was doing fine and that I could take as much time as needed. I thanked him and hung up. And thought, man, what a fat, lazy fucking bastard. Remember last time how he was... He's basically, uh, like, yeah, B can't get in there, man. He's fucking B's fat. He's
1: too big of a big fat, fatty <laughs> fat to get in, so it's just me.
0: His patience has been wonderful during this whole project. He has spent a lot of time just waiting for me while I explore the passage. I was glad he was still willing to sit and wait. I hung up the phone. I think that I think B has a crush on Ted. I hung up the phone and started to film the new passage. Then it happened from behind me. I heard the scraping noise. It was loud. It was close. It was coming from the large room I had just- Huh? Hello? Huh? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I wheeled around to face whatever had made that noise. When I did, I lost my presence of mind and stood up at the same time. Crunch. My helmet crashed into the passage ceiling. This guy's a fucking dipshit. He's really dumb. For a guy who's like, I cave all the time, baby. He's really fucking bad at it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: My helmet crashed into the passage ceiling. My light broke and I was buried in the heavy darkness. Pain shot through my neck and down onto my back. The helmet had protected my head, but my neck was nearly numb from the impact. Fear enveloped me and my knees began to weaken. I slowly and involuntarily slumped to my knees. I gently set the camera down as I began to see stars from the pain in my upper back. The scraping noise lasted only a second, and now the only sound I could hear was my own panic-inspired breathing. Not only could I feel the fear thick upon my chest, but the darkness seemed to hold me in place. You know, if you read it in like a Vincent Price voice, this is kind of scary.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. But... I was just thinking of all that viscous fear, fear thick on his chest.
0: The cheeks were unlike anything I'd ever seen, bouncing. I mean, the cave. (laughs) I felt like I was vulnerable from every direction. I wanted to turn and look behind me, into the side of me, and in front of me. Everywhere I looked I saw black. Finally, I broke the stupor of terror long enough to reach for an alternate light source, the mini-mag on my helmet. I twisted the light to turn it on, and when I did, I nearly cried. I had forgotten to put fresh batteries in, and now I could barely see more than a few feet. Still, it was better than nothing. I immediately began shining the light with all my might into the large room. I strained to get a glimpse of any movement in the room. Nothing. I was shaking violently as I sat there trying to figure out what to do. My mind was not thinking clearly. I honestly thought I was going to die right there in the cave. For a fleeting moment, I wondered how B would ever figure out what had happened to me. Cause he's a such a fat, fat piece, piece of shit. shit. <laughs> and then it hit me like a boulder. The phone! My mind must have been clearing up at that point because I also thought about glow sticks. Without taking my eyes off the large room, I felt surrounded my pack for the glow sticks. Since I was carrying the phone and video camera, I removed as much as possible from my pack, and one of the things I left with B was my backup headlamp. Well ain't that convenient for this story
1: weird how he seemed like he was doing so good until everything went wrong yeah. immediately.
0: Thus, I was left with only the glow sticks. I found one and ripped it out of the package. I could tell something was wrong by how it sounded. It had been inadvertently broken and was now useless.
1: Oh my god. <sighs> Alright, it's too much now. It's too much. This guy's a bad rider, man. Yeah. I checked
0: it on the ground and searched for my, in my pack for another one. I took my eyes off the large room only to check the passage behind me occasionally. I found another glow stick, broke it to light it up. The soft green glow-, glow created eerie colors on the walls of the cave. The stick provides barely enough light to see the immediate area, and provided no hint of what laid ahead. I felt the pack for one more light, again, without taking my eyes off the room. I felt a third glow stick and ripped it out of the package. After breaking it to make sure it worked, I hesitated and threw the glow stick into the large room. Nice, littering. The throw was a perfect one and the stick sailed through the length of the room. In the brief moment that the light traveled through the room, I saw nothing but cave walls. The absence of anything unusual did nothing to ease my state of panic. At the far end of the room, I got a brief glimpse of the round rock as the light bounced on it. Then, the light behind the rock and it's the, then the light went behind the rock and it seemed to disappear. I was still shaking, but at least I didn't see anything. Still, there was the noise. I used the glow stick to light the phone real quick, and with fumbling fingers, I managed to plug my phone into the jack. I put the phone to my ear and heard, nothing. The usual beeps to indicate a connection with the other phone were not there. Terrified, I pulled the phone from the jack and reinserted it again. Silence. The line was dead. What could have happened? I just talked to B. I I found myself nearly sobbing with fear. I knew the only way out of here was back the way I came, but something was there. A third attempt at making contact with B met with the same results. I tried to think of another plan, but I could only focus on the memories of the grinding sound that I had heard. In my weakened state, I slumped against the side of the passage, breathing as if I had just finished a race, never breaking eye contact with the shadows of the large room. As my shoulder touched the wall, B, I touch the wall i had a powerful jolt of pain remind me of my collision with the roof of the cave despair agony terror i can't say exactly how long i sat there but my feet were tingling and my knees were sore i've been there the pain in my back crept lower although my neck felt no different same yeah i resolved to make an, an attempt to exit this evil passage i knew if i waited too long i would lose what little light i had I attempted to stand but did not have the strength. I crawled slowly to the near end of the large room, dragging my pack beside me. Using the walls of the cave, I was able to slowly stand, though not straight due to my sore back. Still breathing rapidly, I slowly advanced through the room. I wound up on the phone wire as I went. I wound up the phone wire as I went. My eyes were staring straight ahead, straining for any signs of movement. With every step my light would cast ever-changing shadows on the wall, keeping me busy trying to look at every one. My eyes burned as I realized I had not blinked for many minutes. How many? How long had this been going on? The only sounds I could hear were the crunch of my feet on the broken rock and the wheezing of my breath. (laughs)
1: That's
0: his wheeze. That's how I imagine it. That was very good. I like that. As I wound the cord, I could hear the squeak of the wheel, with each turn bringing me closer to the tomb, closer to be, closer to safety. The short trip through the room took an eternity. As I passed the crude drawing, it seemed to glow, as if offering some sort of warning. I didn't know what the drawing represented, but everything about this cave seemed to instill fear. Toward the far end of the room, I could see the rock dimly, at, I could see the round rock dimly at the far reaches of my light. Something seemed different about it, but I couldn't tell what. When I got within a few feet, I could finally tell what had changed. It had moved. That was the sound I heard. Again terror gripped my entire body as I realized how close I was to something. I had no choice but to continue. Still it was not easy. I inched toward the rock holding the glow stick ahead of me and my shaking hand, using it to pierce the darkness. I stopped just the side of the rock and wound up to slack in the phone wire. Then I realized why I had lost contact with B. The rock was now sitting on the wire. I gave it a tug, and the thin wire snapped. Cool, now the lo- local cave group is not going to fucking give you shit, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to yeah, fuck yourself out of a phone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> my only hope of contact with the outside world ceased to exist when that wire broke. I never felt so alone and helpless, buried deep within the earth. <laughs> I had voluntarily descended into my own grave with a casket of solid rock. With the phone now useless, I set it down in the passage. My gaze fixed on the round rock, I proceeded forward. My breathing was rapid, with my throat dry and aching and my mouth dusty. With every crunch of the rock below my feet, my heart seemed to stop. No movement could be seen in the green glow of my stick. I got to the rock and peered over the top. Seeing nothing, I took several rapid steps past it. When I reached the other side, I recoiled in horror at what I saw. In the side of the passage near the floor was a hole. But with another passage revealed, it had been covered by the rock, but now it was exposed. The rock could not have moved by itself. I backed away from the hole and collided with the opposite wall. I had not been paying attention to the pain on my back, but now it came back to me in all its fury. I stared down at the newly discovered passage and went at it down at a 45 degree angle and continued straight for as far as I could see. Several feet down, I could see the glow stick that I had thrown. It illuminated the passage enough that I could tell the walls were fairly smooth. The floor seemed to be the same way, unlike the rest of the cave. The passage was about three feet in diameter as far as I could see. It would have been an easy passage to explore if I had the least desire to do so. Right now, I wanted out of the cave and into the daylight. I slowly backed away from the hole toward B. I never took my eyes off the abyss. I nearly tripped over the phone wire as I turned to leave this devil's lair. That's a fucking cool band name right there Devil's Lair
1: Devil's Lair that's pretty good yeah
0: or a sick podcast name if Captain's Log doesn't work out Devil's Lair could be a cool one
1: that'd be a good one
0: I always wanted to do Witching Hour but there's so many podcasts Mm -hmm. called the Witching Hour it's a a damn shame it's a bummer I noticed my mini-mag was practically dead, leaving me only with a glow stick. I wanted to sprint to Floyd's tomb, just hearing another human being would help alleviate some of the fear I was experiencing. As I turned away from the large rock in the hole. I felt an overwhelming sense of panic fill my soul. I felt like a legion of demons was about to attack me from behind. I felt like my salvation lie... Lied? Lay? I felt like my salvation lay ahead of me in the darkness, and Lucifer lie, was being. I think
1: it's lie ahead of me.
0: No, but that doesn't make sense, right? I felt like my salvation lie ahead of me. Grammatically, is that correct?
1: No, yeah, because it's like I'm going to lie down soon.
0: Right, but he's saying like it, but but in this tense, when in this, you know, tense of the word, wouldn't it be lay ahead of me? Because my salvation lays ahead of me. I don't know. Hey, man.
1: Seems like bad writing either way.
0: We're just two guys, alright? You never claim to be English teachers.
1: I actually do have a minor in writing, but... Do you? Mm. I do.
0: Yeah. Well, this is on you then. I felt I like my salvation lie ahead of me in the darkness and Lucifer was behind me, trying to keep me from safety. I found myself moving much faster than I should have been in that cave. My only thought was to get out of this as quickly as possible. I passed a crystal formation, barely even noticing this beautiful creation of nature in the green glow of my light. Every time I ducked to avoid a rock, I felt my back scream. It's reminder of my injury.
1: Hey! Remember you got hurt? Your back hurts. Oh, oh it's thanks. It's me. Thanks. It's me. Your back. It hurts. Oh, thanks. I almost forgot. When I got
0: to the point in the passage where I had to crawl, I flung myself down on all fours, barely slowing down as I dropped. When my hands came in contact with the cave floor, I felt an electric shock shoot all the way down my back and simultaneously down my arms. Yeah, that's called pain, because you just dropped down to the floor, you fucking dipshit. God, he makes it sound like what's happening to him is, like, strange, and it's like, no, you're just an idiot who got hurt.
1: it seems like you have a spine injury, which would mean all of these things would happen yeah. when you do the things you're doing.
0: For the first time since this nightmare had begun, I let out a scream.
1: Ah! 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 ah!
0: I crumpled down and lay there on the rock, with the new levels of pain manifesting every time I inhaled. Uh-oh! <laughs> Whoops!
1: Have you, did I tell you about that story? We can, this, I don't know, if it, we can cut this if it doesn't matter, but mm. the David Byrne thing? Uh-uh. From Talking Heads. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. There was I was reading it, Brian Eno was another music guy in New York or whatever. And he's got this amazing quote where he was like, David's a fucking cartoon character. Mm-hmm. One time we were walking through Central Park at night and got jumped by like a group of thirteen guys. Um but anyway, so David Burns getting drugged into the into a, some bushes to get beat up by a gang and Brian Eno goes he looks me in the eyes and he goes, Uh oh Like can you just <laughs> Can you just Because ima- with his like voice thing, you know, yeah. where like wavers, can you just imagine him being like, Uh oh, as he gets shrug into a bush and he's got his big suit on, I just, oh.
0: He, he does seem like a fucking cartoon character, everything about that guy.
1: Apparently he did a lot of cocaine. Oh. I know, he doesn't seem like a cocaine guy, but yeah, apparently. Oh, well, good for him.
0: I crumpled down and lay there on the rock with new levels of pain manifesting every time I inhaled. Whimpering from fear and pain, I tried to listen to any other noise in the cave. I could feel the silence pounding in my head. I knew from previous trips that B was still out of earshot, but I was close. Forcing myself to move, I winced as I pulled my body onto all fours and started to progress along the cave. I still held a glow stick in my hand, but I had ceased checking behind me. Now my focus was ahead of me. I reached the point where I could yell to B, but I didn't make a sound. I didn't want to stop long enough to talk. Finally, I reached the last stretch of the cave before the squeeze. As I was crawling toward the beginning of the tomb, I called to B. He answered back. I screamed to him to get everything ready to go. He asked if I was okay. Since he hadn't heard from me on the phone, he'd gotten worried. Aww. I told him, no, and <laughs> to get everything ready to go. When I reached the rope, I flipped off my helmet and shoved it into my pack. For the first time, I realized that I had forgotten my video camera. <gasps> wow, no. that's so convenient. I mean, horrible. It was a fleeting thought. I cared no more for that for the camera than a passenger of the Titanic cared about a hat or coat. Actually,
1: I think some of them would have liked a coat. Yeah, Yeah. I bet a lot of them were very cold.
0: Yeah, I tied the pack to the rope and told them to pull it through. Then I told him to start heading toward the surface as soon as he pulled the rope through. He asked why, and I screamed that there was something in the cave with us. There's something
1: in the cave with us. There's something in the cave with us
0: my back ached with every move i made i knew it didn't matter as i was going to get through the tomb as fast as i could injuries notwithstanding Ooh, big word just as i Mm. stared in just as i started into the squeeze i felt the wind in the passage increase and with it the most nauseating stench i had ever experienced it smelled like damp rotting rancid putrid death i almost started to dry heave I pulled my shirt up over my nose to shield me from the overpowering smell. At this point B smelled it too. He yelled
1: What is that?
0: (laughs) Is that uh
1: What is that?
0: Is that diner lady from fucking Gravity Falls? You know lazy lazy suit.
1: What is that? (laughs) Yeah, that was that was my best. Nah that's pretty
0: good. Then he yelled at me to hurry up and get through. I told him I was coming, and then I took a deep breath through my shirt. I'm
1: coming. And started back. B, I'm later. coming. Sorry. Come faster. I'm trying to come as fast as I can.
0: B's yelling had intensified my fear and panic, as if I needed any help. I knew he could sense the urgency in getting out of this place still. As I worked my way through, I yelled at him to start up that I would catch up with him when I got through. He said he would. He placed my glow stick inside the passage. I placed... What?
1: He said he would. Oh, he
0: placed my glow stick inside the passage, then I began to climb out. Then began to climb out. This time, through the squeeze, I had no regard for the tightness of the passage. I was scraping my face, ears, arms, and shoulders. Every inch of the... Oh, this is so hot. Every inch of the squeeze meant numerous scratches on my body, but I barely noticed them. My back was nearly paralyzing me with pain. Once again, I felt the rising need to vomit because of the odor being delivered to my nostrils by the breeze. Halfway through Floyd's tomb, I took a breath to catch my breath. Break to catch my breath. I was approaching exhaustion, and my respiration rate was through the roof. The top of the passage seemed to rest. My cheek. And the top of the passage... Seemed to rest my cheek. Okay, whatever. And the floor felt like broken glass on my opposite cheek. Okay. As I paused briefly to recuperate, I heard the scraping noise coming from deep within the cave. It continued for several seconds, and then silence. I let out a cry which startled me. I was no longer... Mm. Fa- <laughs> Whoa!
1: Uh oh <laughs> I, I fucking can't It's so funny That's my big thing If we
0: ever get jumped I'm going to look at you And go
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. As a, as a Uh oh Uh oh As guy's just fucking uh, yeah. Punching me in the stomach
0: <laughs> uh, When we go down in New Orleans And we get fucking mugged I'll be like
1: Uh oh Uh oh It
0: continued for several seconds Then, oh, I was no longer consciously reacting to the noise The cry was a subconscious response to the fear which flowed through my entire body. In a panic, I began to scoot through the passage. As I reached the largest part of the tomb, I quickly slid my arms under my body to get into position to exit through our hole. I grabbed the rope and pulled with all my might. When my shoulders reached the hole, they lodged. and I was stuck. I dug my feet into the rocks and wiggled my way back into the passage. Then I turned my body slightly and tried again. This time, I was successful in pulling my upper body through. Normally, I would carefully work my way out, since there is a three-foot drop on the outside of the hole. This time, I kicked with my legs and pulled with my arms and plop. I dropped out of the tomb, right onto my shoulder. Yeah, that seems bad, man. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I tried to roll to soften the impact, but was unable to do anything more than take the blow. Strangely, the pain was focused on my shoulder, apparently not affecting my already sore back. Well, I mean, you landed on your shoulder, so... I don't really see how that would hurt your back. He's um, not a
1: good writer.
0: No. I rolled over onto all fours and slowly rose to my feet. The smell was much less intense outside of the passage. I grabbed the glow stick and used it to find my helmet. I began to head for the webbing to climb up while strapping on my helmet. When I got to the webbing, I reached up to grab hold and recoiled in horror. In the glow of the glow stick, I could see for the first time the injuries to my arms. My forearms were covered with deep cuts and scrapes. Much of my arm was covered with blood. The wounds were not deep enough to bleed freely, but rather ooze the blood. Uh, In that brief moment that I stopped, I noticed there there was silence in the cave. No sounds coming from the passage and nothing from up ahead. Once again, the feeling of being alone returned, motivating me to proceed. Climbing up the little drop-off proved to be difficult in my condition. Having the glow stick as the only light source added to the challenge. Once on top, I scrambled to catch up with B. I was impressed with the speed of his ascent, because he's a big, fat fatty. Although, this is a reflection. Although I did not mention any more of my physical condition during my exit, I was hurting. With every step I took, pain shot through my lower back and my neck.
1: You become a different person?
0: (laughs) Yeah. My arms were shredded and my shoulder had a nice gash in it. I honestly believe that it, that were it not for the terror I felt at the time, I would not have the energy and motivation to climb out. I was running yeah, on pure adrenaline. Unfortunately, okay. the arad- I adrenaline surge was, was about to
1: end. Yeah, I was going to say it's called adrenaline. but yeah. never mind. He he got there.
0: Yeah. Uh, This is still continued, uh, the uh, reflection. I did not see or hear B until I reached a small area at the bottom of the drop. He was on the rope and climbing out as fast as he could. I could hear him moving quickly and breathing heavily. I called out to him, and his startled reaction told me he was nearly as tense as I was. He told me to get on the rope and start climbing. We both knew that would be dangerous and not something we would ever normally do, but this was different. Especially with
1: how fat B is.
0: Yeah. I stood there.
1: (laughs) Might break the rope. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this fat, fat ass was on the fucking such rope.
1: A fat, fatty.
0: I stood there looking up at where the rope disappeared into the darkness above me. It danced around as Beam made his way to safety. He was out of sight, but I knew he was close. I knew the rope was my lifeline to the outside, to light, safety. Behind me was darkness, fear, the unknown. I had the feeling, the fleeting thought of a movie scene where the actor had it outwitted the monster and had reached the front door of the haunted house. Just as he reaches for the knob, he hears a sound behind him and turns only to see... And then B's like, "Hey, what are you fucking doing down there?" I said, hey, man, ah.
1: climb the fucking rope, asshole! Let's what go. are we doing? What the fuck? He's like, "Sorry, are I'm you mad- waxing poetically right now? Let's get the fuck out of here." <laughs>
0: uh, I slid the glow stick into the cord of my helmet, and this is back in the regular journal. I slid the glow stick into the cord of my helmet and reached for my harness. Then I thought I would let B get a little bit higher. While I pulled the rope, that would make it easier to get out once we got to the top of the drop. I chose not to wind the rope around my arms and say it was sore and bleeding, so I just pulled it into a pile on the floor. From above, I heard B warn me, rock, and I ducked under the ledge as several small rocks landed on the floor near my feet. I quickly ba- went back to pulling the rope in. I had about half of it in, about 50 feet, when the rope hit a snag.
1: Ugh. What?
0: I've never Wait, seen he's ugh. pulling
1: the rope up from, like, the... What's he doing right now?
0: Uh, he's, he's still So he's like pulling it up into his thing, into his carabiner.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. Like okay,
0: looping okay. it back in, I guess. Yeah, it, okay, okay. There was no way I was going to crawl back into it to release it, so I had decided just to forget the rope and get my harness on and get out of the cave. I quickly threw the harness around me and started to buckle it. Before I could secure it, I heard a strange noise at my feet. My f- pulse began to quicken. I looked down at the rope only to discover to my horror that the rope was disappearing down into the cave. Something was pulling the rope back into the cave. I let go of the harness and began clawing my way up the rope. The unbuckled harness fell to the floor. Fortunately, I held onto an ascender. At the moment, I could not think straight and began climbing out of the cave without being attached to the rope. I had climbed out many times without using an ascending device, but I was always attached to the rope, just in case. I I was climbing as fast as my battered body could haul me up. I was in a near panic state again and consequently was scraping, bumping, and gouging my arms and legs. As I climbed, I screamed to be that something was pulling the rope. He yelled back to hurry up. Luck was with me in that I didn't slip or fall down into the hole. If I had, I would have bounced several times against the sides of the cave before smashing onto the floor. The injuries would be fatal. Without without the necessity of having to stop to slide the ascender up the rope, I made excellent time getting up. I could see rays of light above me, coming from the entrance to the cave. That told me exactly where I was in the cave. I caught up to be on the ledge, below where our rebelay point was fixed. I told him to keep going. I would only it would only take him a few minutes, but every second would be torture because I had to wait for him to get up. Fucking fat ass. I watched the rope <laughs> I watched the rope that we had just climbed up. I expected to see some creature from deep within the earth climb up and make its lunch. Make me its lunch. <laughs> I made you sandwich, <laughs> sandwich,
1: <laughs> BLT. Ah! <laughs> yeah. I don't like
0: lettuce. Mm. Honestly, you're a grown man, uh, Ted. The rope uh, moved around. Uh, Sorry, where was I? It was making him lunch, yeah. <laughs> I expected to see some creature from deep within the earth climb up and make me its lunch. The rope moved around a bit, in rhythm with B's climbing, but did not appear to have any tension on it. As I stood there waiting for B, I kept watching the rope for signs of anything bizarre. I didn't know if my heart could take any more stress. I could not have been more wired. I tried to relax a bit to make sure I was thinking rationally, but my poor brain had reached sensory overlook. As B reached the top of the last climb, I got ready to clip on my ascender and get my sorry butt out of there. It was then that I noticed that the rope began to tighten from below. I could feel the tension on the rope, but it was a steady tension, not like someone was climbing up. Either way, I wanted out of there as fast as possible. I clipped on and scrambled up the rope. I hadn't noticed, but B had kept on moving toward the entrance. I got up the last few feet in a hurry I just unclipped and kept on moving, leaving the rope behind. By the time I got to the entrance of the cave and daylight, Beat was almost up to where the rope was anchored. I wanted to get up so bad, I almost started free climb without clipping onto the rope. I could see Beat was almost up, so I clipped on and started up. I almost didn't make it up. I had just started up when I nearly collapsed from exhaustion. I managed to recover enough to pull myself up from the last few feet. As I climbed, I could hear the tension on the rope manifest itself by stretch by the stretching noise in the rope. I prayed the rope would not break with me attached to it. The second that I reached the top, I unclipped the ascender, and I could see beeling down by the tree, so I limped over to him and collapsed. For the first time since I went through Floyd's tomb, we could see each other. We just stared. I knew I looked pretty bad, but didn't even know, but didn't know that he was in such a bad shape. He had... <laughs> I mean, I did, because he's a big, fat fatso, but...
1: Well, obviously... His big fat body he took some scrapes like, against so those tiny little uh, rocks that he had to squeeze through. But...
0: He had cuts and scrapes on every exposed surface of his body. His face was pale, almost white. His mouth and his eyes were wide open. He was breathing heavily, almost gasping. <sighs> 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 All right, B, calm down, dude. It wasn't even that hard <sighs> to climb. Jesus Christ!
1: Taste a can of corn.
0: You have a sandwich. Oh, God, you fucking fat
1: ass. Oh, fuck.
0: Uh, In my head, B is played by Chris Farley.
1: Oh, that's a good choice. I was thinking, um, like, Jim Belushi. That's also good, too. John Belushi, Belushi, sorry.
0: The better Belushi. The shock we shared shared at the other person's appearance was broken when we heard the rope around the tree stretch and the knot B had tied tighten. I was frozen in place, overwhelmed with fright. "'Bee seemed to be transfixed on the knot. "'Then in one motion he proceeded a pocket knife "'and began to work on the rope. "'It is amazing how a person's state of mind "'can alter the procession of time. "'I'm sure it only took four or five seconds "'to sever the rope from the tree, "'but it seemed like an hour. "'When the rope was cut, the knot fell to the ground "'while the end of the rope zipped across the rocks "'and over the edge of the cliff, "'the speed of it causing a humming noise as it went. "'As soon as the rope was cut, "'Bee let out a cry.' He dropped the knife and fell backward. Watching the rope fly over the edge brought the feelings in the passage back to me. I got up and headed toward the truck. I noticed B was still laying there, wide-eyed, staring at the point the rope disappeared. I called to him, which seemed to break his trance. He got up and hurried away from the tree, the cave, the nightmare. Neither of us said a word all the way home. Um, I like that he, like, cut the rope. and was like, "Ah." Like, just fucking so dramatic.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the, like, the Planet of the Apes thing of, like, no! Oh, where
0: he, oh, the one where Caesar's, like, he's like, get you no, stinking.
1: The, the original one. Dude. Oh, where like, he goes,
0: you ruined it. it!
1: They you did it! You ruined it all, you they bastards! They blew it up! Yeah. You blew it all
0: up! Oh. And it's a fucking Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Yep. In descent in the sand. This is a reflection. He says, it is now four days after our trip to the cave. It has taken me four days and dozens of attempts to get this entire experience written into my journal. Every time I started to write I recalled the terrible feelings I had and couldn't write anymore. I felt compelled to continue so as to document the unbelievable events while all the details were fresh in my mind. I can still feel the pain, still smell the stench, still experience the terror even typing from my journal has taken hours. I would like to write more, but it will have to wait. Even now, with several days between me and the event, I can't relax. I can barely concentrate. That's all for now.
1: 5 19 and we are starting off with a, a uh, reflection in the journal. Mm-hmm. It has been three weeks since our last visit to the cave. I want to update everyone as to my condition. My plans for the cave and the events of the past few weeks. I apologize for not returning your phone calls. I have been getting a lot of your messages. I have... I just haven't been feel, I just... I just haven't felt like call... I just haven't felt up to calling back. Bad writer. Yeah, bad writer. Um, Steve and Mark, thanks for your words of encouragement on my answering machine. I know you two are sincerely concerned for me uh you are awesome friends mark i know you stopped by my house a few times and i'm sorry i never answered the door i really it really helped me just knowing you dropped by sis i can hear your worry i can hear the worry in your voice i'm okay don't worry about me just take care of these nieces and nephews of mine
0: can i say something real quick this is that classic shit of like trying to make it seem like it's real so he's being like In this, I will address it like if I'm addressing it to close friends. But he's a bad writer, so he's only given names to two of them. And then when he gets to his sister, he's like, Sis, don't worry about me. Just take care of those unnamed nieces and nephews, of which I have four or five or two or one. Who knows? Mm -hmm.
1: More than one.
0: Yeah. Like, I like that at the
1: end, he was just like, ah, whatever. (laughs) All right. Well, but uh, 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 implying that it's his sister means that he's got fami- it, it familial values that now yeah. we have to be worried because he's got a yeah. family that loves him.
0: Also, again, that all seems like an overreaction. Why would you not answer the... If, the? This is what I love about creepy bosses is a lot of them will do this show where it's like the spooky thing happened and I didn't talk to anybody for a week. Yes. And I'm like, yeah. I would Why? constantly be... Talk- I would be yeah. like, dude, this fucked me up. I don't know what the fuck it was, but I would be telling everyone. Like, right. th- this whole fucking trend of being like, and I locked myself in my room. I'm like, that's not realistic. Nobody's gonna do that.
1: No, everybody wants support when they go through something yes. traumatic. Alright, um, this is back to the normal journal. I figure if I can get this site updated, I can let everyone know at once about how I am doing. A lot has happened in the last three weeks, so I'll do my best to cover everything. I guess I should start with the fact that I got my tongue pierced. So if you're hearing this weirdly, that's why. Um, the last entry, uh, left off. It took several days, uh, to get the last journal entry written down. I was so shaken from the experience that I could do little else but sit around and ponder what had happened. Right now, I am on long-term medical leave from work. I guess he
0: technically did hurt his fucking spine or whatever. I tried to go,
1: I tried to go to work several days after the event, but my boss sent me home. I couldn't concentrate and I looked terrible. I've been to the doctor, but I couldn't tell him about the experience, so I just told him I was under a lot of stress. He recommended rest and gave me a prescription to help me relax. Mmm, good drugs.
0: That's not true. That wouldn't happen.
1: I mean, okay. Well, actually, it, I did. It, go to the in doctor. America, it, like a, it would happen, actually. Yeah. I went to the doctor, and was like, I kind of want to kill myself. And they're like, well, how about 40 milligrams? And I'm like, all right, yeah, that's fair.
0: But I, yeah, no, that's exactly what it was. I went to the, I remember when I was diagnosed, I just said, I'm sad. And they were like, here's some (laughs) fucking uh, depression medication. Um, But just the part of what wouldn't happen is his boss being like, you look like shit. You should go on long-term medical leave.
1: Yeah. How
0: many times I've shown up to work actually very sick, and they're like, yeah, you can stay.
1: How many times has my boss has been like, you look like shit, have a good day, and yep. then just, well, yeah.
0: <laughs> hey man, you doing all right? No, I actually feel really bad. Oh, okay. Well, drink plenty of water. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks.
1: Alright, uh, when we left the cave, I was nearly in a state of shock. I could not think clearly and was having difficult, a difficult time trying to understand what had happened. I didn't eat much, nor did I get any sleep. <laughs> I was glad I had the presence of mind. It's the other to write thing, man, no,
0: no matter what happens, I'm fucking eating.
1: Oh yeah, well I guess I I'm eating or that, drinking, but I'm always drinking. Yeah. Um, I was glad I had the presence of mind to write down my experience while it was fresh in my mind. <laughs> As I reread what I wrote, I feel like I accurately portrayed what happened in the cave that day. I wouldn't change anything I wrote, even though it took three days to write it. When I finished writing my journal, I felt much better. I guess it was kind of therapeutic. Unfortunately, it didn't last. In fact, it was after then that things got really bad. B and I parted company after the trip, and I didn't see him again until yesterday. Uh, I didn't try to reach him. He didn't try to get a hold of me, nor did either of us try to contact Joe. B <laughs> just dropped off after the trip or dropped me off after the trip and I spent the next several days by myself in my house. I tried to eat but had no appetite. I was restless, but I couldn't find anything to do to take my mind off the experience. That's when I was determined that I should write it down. As I mentioned, it helped me think a little clearer and it seemed like I would be calmer. Uh but it didn't last. I went to work the next day but was sent home. The day after that, I had an overwhelming feeling of anxiety sink into my soul. I was depressed and confused and no one I had wanted to tu- and I had no one I wanted to turn to for comfort. I was getting all kinds of phone calls from people but I just let the answering machine take calls. I even changed the message on the machine to let everyone know I was all right. I continued in this miserable state, eating and sleeping whenever I could manage, until the next week after the trip. Then things started to get strange.
0: Hello, I'm Dr. Strange. <gasps>
1: I'm,
0: I'm played by handsome British man Benedict Cumberbatch doing an okay American accent.
1: At first, I was hearing the sounds in the house that had no explanation. Footsteps, shuffling noises, creaking doors, you know, the typical horror movie fare. Only the sounds were not distinct. It was as though I wasn't sure I heard what I thought I heard. Mm. I would be eating or getting out of the shower and stop thinking and and stop thinking I heard something. But the sound would not repeat itself. In fact, if it weren't for the fact that it happened frequently, I couldn't be sure that there were noises in the first place. <sighs> Either way, I was scared. It was as though I had been caught in a spider web for the last week. Feelings of anxiety, foreboding, and tension filled my life. Then came the hallucination. Is- hallucin- is- then came the hallucination. Is- <laughs> Then came the hallucin... Then came the hallucinations. Yes! I began seeing things in a manner similar to the sounds. I began seeing so nothing. things in so a he's manner similar to the sounds. That's a terrible sentence. All right. Uh, just a glimpse of something in the corner of my eye when I would turn to look nothing. I had been sleeping with the lights on in my room, but now I kept all the lights in the house on from before dusk to after dawn nice why wouldn't he just say from dusk till dawn
0: no because of copyright issues
1: when i started to see things on a regular basis i purchased a gun
0: jesus christ immediate escalation from zero to fucking 60 so quickly holy hell
1: imagine being like i had a supernatural experience in a cave so the first thing i did was buy a gun in case any of these ghosts followed me home well
0: now we know that this takes place in america
1: yeah right all right so i purchased a gun got it from an ad in the paper so i didn't have to wait for america
0: america
1: absolutely uh, got it from the ad. Didn't have to get a permit. I went to the doctor and didn't mention the details of my life. Just told him I couldn't relax, and I walked out of there with a prescription. I, okay, honestly, this is pretty. This is a pretty yep. American tale. Now, yeah. like, I bought a gun with no permit. I went and got a bunch of fucking uh, uh, drugs for my brain. Yeah, it just you know, no problem. Fortunately, my wounds and injuries were still pretty were, were pretty much healed by this time. My back still hurt a little bit, but the prescription took care of that. There's no anti-anxiety drugs that also make you not feel pain. No, that's not a thing. And if it um, is,
0: I want those. Oh.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, my back still hurt a little bit, right? Uh, when I was on the medication, I felt great. But I didn't want to walk around high the rest of my life, so I, I would, would only sounds yeah, great, right? I would only take it at the end of a tough day. Unfortunately, the severity of the sightings increased, giving a rise uh, in the need for medication. The flashes in the corner of my eye continued, but when, but then I began to see shapes and shadows. They would be outside my windows, usually at night. I couldn't make out anything solid, so it was hard to pin down what I was seeing. Soon I began to close all of my drapes and blinds so I could remove the possibilities of seeing something. Doing so did help in that respect, but my life was still a mess. My daily routine was mechanical and empty. I would sleep as long as I could, usually out of exhaustion. Then I would get cleaned up and try to eat something. I lost a lot of weight, so I tried to get down as much as possible... wait, what? I lost a lot of weight, so I tried to get as much as possible down me. Then I would exercise a little and take a nap. I only... I'd only been out of the house a few times in the last 2 weeks. The store, the doctor, the gun purchase. I didn't watch too much TV because I couldn't concentrate. I spent a lot of time on the internet. I was doing research on caves and cave myths. The only story I could find was the caver folklore about, about the Hodag. Remember the Hodag Mason? The Hodag. I remember it's a little the bit of
0: Captain's Log fucking lore right there.
1: Yeah. The hodag. The hodag one in the room is, right now. Yeah, you got a hodag. The hodag is supposedly a creature that roams caves. Two weeks after we went into the cave, and a week after I began hearing things, I began having nightmares.
0: I like it's, how this asshole overexplains everything and then gives mm-hmm. two sentences to this creature that might be an explanation for what he's encountered.
1: A hodag is a cave creature. Anyway, my visions. I've told you about those before. There's more. Alright, so uh, two weeks after the cave uh, and a week after I began hearing things, I began to have nightmares. Extremely lucid nightmares. Mm -hmm. No specific theme or reoccurring events, just plain terrifying. Sometimes I was in my house and someone was trying to get me. Only I couldn't run because I had no legs. Other times, I was in a vat and someone was pouring a syrup-like liquid on me, filling the vat. I would wake up in a panic and I would stay awake until exhaustion forced me to enter dreamland once again. It was a brutal routine. It continued for several days until it reached a climax on the sixth day. Yesterday.
0: Damn it, Zuko. I'm just trying to ignore him so he'll go away, but he's like right here. Okay, fine. Continue. I'll just keep petting him, I guess.
1: Okay, gotcha. Um, uh, it continued for several days until it reached a climax on the sixth day, yesterday. My dreams seemed so real I had a hard time telling if I was awake or not. I was beat, really drained of energy and spirit. I was going from the living room to my bedroom in an early evening when I looked down the hall and saw a dark figure towards the end. I thought it was a thief and began to back up slowly. It didn't even move, as I was backing up, the lights flickered on and off. Every muscle was tense, I stopped to stare at the figure, then, just then, the phone rang. It startled me so bad, I stumbled over the chair. When I got up, I wheeled around to look down the hallway and nothing was there. I grabbed my keys and left the house. I felt compelled to get to the car and drive. My pulse pounded in my temples as I got in and started the car. I wanted to drive to the Overlook Point to see the city lights. I don't know why I needed to go there, but I knew I had to go there. The closer I got, the more urgent the feeling. When I arrived at the point, I saw something that at first startled me, uh, but then caused me to be more relaxed than I had been in a long time. Joe was there. He was out of his car, standing, looking at the lights. We looked at each other. I could see from the tired look on his face he'd been going through the same miserable trial that I had been experiencing. He could tell from the look on my face that we shared some terrible experience. Our conversation was unbelievably brief. You've been back, he began, as though he knew the answer. Yes.
0: We need to return.
1: Tomorrow good?
0: Yeah. Noon.
1: He got in his car and I got in mine. I hadn't even wanted to talk to him about his experience. Obviously, he didn't want to know mine. I drove over to B's house. When he answered the door, I thought B was actually looked like he was doing fine. Somewhat happy. Uh, one look at me and...
0: <laughs> I just like, just keep reading.
1: One look at me and his disposition changed. Our conversation was also succinct. This fucking
0: in- asshole. That's just what B's thinking. Oh, great. This guy's here.
1: I ran into Joe and we're going back in tomorrow at noon. V looked dead serious. Then he nodded his head. I asked him if I could spend the night at his house. He eagerly let me in and I didn't notice until later that every light in his house was turned (laughs) off. He's just
0: got a little sleeping bag and a stuffed animal. He's like, can I spend the night? (laughs) Just already ready to fucking.
1: I mean, yeah, I guess you can spend the night. I'll just have to. And then it's just like the whole thing is like slumber party ready. Yeah. It's like I ordered, I've been ordering pizza every night just in case you showed up.
0: Help yourself. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, I didn't notice until later every light in the house was turned on. He led me to the spare room. Help, Help yourself. yourself. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Thanks. I washed up in the bathroom and took some medication. I got Just B's
0: medication, not his own? <laughs> He's just like, ah,
1: fuck it. Hey, what you got in here? Um, so, okay, I got some decent sleep. I got decent sleep for the first time in a long time. I awoke early in this morning and came home to get ready for the trip. I thought I would send out this update so no one would wonder what's going on with me. I suspect that by the time most of you read this, I will be back home and will have a great story to tell. I promise that if you haven't heard from me by now, you will very short. You will very shortly. It is now 10 a.m. on Saturday the 19th. Uh, we will be leaving for the cave in two hours. Preparing for this trip uh, will be like no other trip I've been on. For the first time in my life, I will carry a gun into a cave.
0: (laughs) That sounds like an absolutely horrible idea.
1: Uh, I will also carry a knife, an extensive first aid kit, plenty of food and water, and a camera. I will take all of my climbing ropes since B lost his in the cave. I will carry a good length of rope with me on the other side of Floyd's tomb. Uh, this is the first time in three weeks that I've had any reference to Floyd's tomb. It still shen- it still sent shivers up my spine typing it.. Ooh. So chilly. Uh, there are also so many things I hope to accomplish this day. So many answers I hope to find in a tiny passage hidden from view, reflecting on the events leading up from the leading up from today leaves me feeling dizzy. Was it all a bad dream? Unfortunately, I am wide awake, and still, in a short few hours, I might face my nightmare. I thought of having another person with me in the passage does nothing to relieve the fear I feel. I almost chuckle as I ponder a childish notion that we will have to consider. Who will enter the tomb first? Who will lead the way into the dark unknown? Who will decide when to turn back? Foremost among the questions in my mind is what about the video camera I left behind? Is it supposed to be able to record in complete darkness? I left one thing running, so what might we find on that tape? I left the thing tape? running. Oh, I left the thing running, so what might we find on the tape? Nothing. Uh, darker questions follow. What if the camera is gone? What if it's destroyed?
0: Ah, <gasps> whoa.
1: Although it was difficult for me to put... ...an exact name to my motivation, uh, I think closure fits nicely. Uh, I need to find out a few things about this cave. The main thing, believe it or not, is to find the end of the cave. With all of the bizarre things I've witnessed these past few weeks, it would seem a bit trite to want to, as a primary goal, get to the end. But, that was what I want. Um... To be sure, I was still seeking other bits of knowledge along the way. If, however, I find the end of the main passage and an end to the passage hidden by the rock, I will be content to never return to the passage of the cave again. Never. It would seem that me crawling headfirst through a tight passage into the darkness is an unnatural thing. Just like crawling up... This motherfucker needs an editor so badly. Yeah. It would it so badly. It would seem that me. It would seem to me that crawling headfirst through the, a tight passage into the darkness is an unnatural thing, just like crawling up the side of a cliff for recreation or jumping out of a perfectly good airplane and floating to the ground. We do these things to satisfy our hunger for adventure, this subconscious desire to conquer our own little Everest, as B is fond of saying. Caving is the last opportunity for exploration for the person with modest means. True, just a short drive from just about anywhere in the country is a cave waiting to be explored. Even a cave well-known among the general public can be approached by someone for their first time as an adventure. Something new, something to overcome, because it's there.
0: Uh, That's one of my favorite quotes. Have you ever... uh, It's the guy who first summited... uh, Well, the... One of the guys, one of the first to summit Everest, and they asked him why he did it, and he said, because
1: it's there. I'm like, it's fun. It's a
0: fun quote. That's,
1: it's fun. Uh, many of you don't agree with my decisions uh, to pursue this cave. I know this uh from the messages I have received.
0: Hey, Ted, you're a bitch. Oh, cool. Thanks.
1: Aww. Aww. Um... Uh, if I am ever to experience restful slumber, I must return. If I am ever to walk the halls of my own home in peace, I must return. If I am ever to ex- uh, exit the uh, over what? If I am ever to exit the overworld and enter the subterranean world of a cave, I must now return. I no longer feel that I have a choice. I must return. For my family and friends who are reading this, I say be at peace. I will conquer this cave and then I will return and update the website immediately. I will include any photos that we have in the cave today, and if you stop by the house, I will show you the video I have. I expect to be home later tonight or tomorrow at the latest. See you all soon with lots of answers. Love, Ted.
0: Unfortunately, Ted would go on to die in a massive cave-in later that day. He never made it home, and um, B did, though surprisingly because he's a big fat so
1: big fat fatty
0: no and that is not just kidding guys that was not real i added that but that is the end of the ted the caver creepy pasta
1: kind of disappointing. except
0: the first part because there is more of course
1: oh oh okay and this
0: is this is the classic uh it's like my romantic cabin getaway or whatever where it was like the main one and then it was like the expansion pack, you know, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so maybe some point, we... can you stop for like five minutes, please? There, maybe some point we will cover the second part, or maybe not, because I really hate the way that Ted writes. Yeah. Um, maybe he got an editor for the second part, who knows? But f- right now, Mason, what are your thoughts on this story as a whole, this last part as well? specifically. Uh,
1: Honestly, the entire thing was very underwhelming. It gets you, right?
0: It gets you at points where you're like, oh, this is gonna build up to something, and then it does not deliver.
1: Well, it does that classic thing of like, no ending was gonna be satisfying, so they just left it on like an open note, and it's like, well, that's kind of a cop-out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that's very perfectly put. Um, for me, I think it just is scary because... In in some parts, just because I don't like caves. so For me, it preys on that fear I have. But even then, I'm like, seems like he's being a bitch. A little bit. And also just so much unnecessary detail. Yeah. I challenge the listeners to send us or recommend a good creepypasta that'll actually
1: spook us. Well, yeah, us. it's anything by Stephen King. Yeah. It's things by writers who are yep. write horror stories. I suppose, stories. yeah. Yeah
0: um but thank you guys for listening to this one uh we will be back with another episode in two weeks uh one of our main show episodes and then who knows what we will do for the next lost log we've got some fun ideas in the mix and i'm excited to actually get back to recording i'm hopefully next time i'll have a new mic and have my space set up and mason's tongue
1: shall be healed I'll have a smaller bar in my mouth that will yeah. allow me to talk better.
0: And, yeah. Stay safe. Stay out of caves. And be weary of what lies in the dark.
1: One love.
0: <laughs> one life.
1: One, one, one love. Respect.
0: Yeah. No woman, no cry. No cry. And with that, we'll catch you guys later.
1: Bye. Bye.